0: Now, today, I want you guys to prepare yourselves for a truly profound and entertaining episode. We have in the show channeler Lee Harris, who channels the collective called The Z's. And Lee, The Z's, and I had a very, very wonderful, informative, and entertaining conversation that I really, truly believe is going to change people's lives around the world. So let's dive in.
1: I'd like to welcome to the show, Lee Harris. How are you doing, Lee? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Alex.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. We've been chatting before we recorded already. We should have recorded everything we talked about. It was, it was always the way. conversation. Isn't it always the best? The best yeah. parts are always before and after the conversations. Um, but I really am excited to talk to you and talk to Disease Uh and the work that you're doing in the world is so wonderful. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into it with you, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: So first question, what was your life like before this insanity of channeling?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, a good question. So I was, you know, as a kid, I was very creative. And um, I loved performing. I loved creating things. Uh, I would create like, uh, I would create massive Lego towns in a weekend. That was like my joy. I would lock myself in a room and just create things, um, all kinds of different stuff. And I think, really, creativity and expression was my spirituality as a kid. It was the thing that kept me sane. It was the, it was like a safe place for me and it was a place where I felt most alive. And then I found the rest of the world confusing. I found other kids tricky. Uh, I had friends <laughs> that I really liked, but I preferred older people because I found them to be more balanced and uh, less tricky to be around. So, um, I was, I always felt like an outsider. And then years later, When I met the Zs, I was 23 years old, and they said that they had been with me until the age of six. But then at that point, they had needed to disconnect from me. Um, They'd never left, but they said, we no longer were talking to you. So I don't have a memory of that. I don't remember them apart from this recurring dream that I would have every night. And funnily enough, we moved when I was six years old from Birmingham in the middle of the UK Down south, And once we moved, I would have this repetitive dream of this male and female figure, I'll call them, because they didn't look completely human. They looked slightly angelic as well and just like something I hadn't quite seen before. And they were in the two corners of the living room that we used to have in Birmingham. And all I could hear was the static, like the television static that those of us who are old enough to remember when it was black and white and it was... And all I could see was they were both in either corner of the room doing this. And they were saying something, but I couldn't hear them. And it would frustrate me in the dream because I'm like, I'm trying to hear them. And so I never quite knew what that recurring dream was. It was the only recurring dream I had. And it started when I left Birmingham, which is when they said, because of my life and because of my journey, they needed to disconnect. So at 23, I heard them again when I was about seven years into a personal healing journey. Um, as a kid, I had, um, addictively eaten to deal with my feelings. So I was, you know, taken to Weight Watchers age 10. I was in and out of diet clinics, all my teens. Um, and I had bulimia at the end of it when I finally figured out how to lose the weight, um, and keep it off. Bulimia was the, the kind of bridge for like three years to, to stay there. And then I, I kind of had an epiphany around the age of 20, 21. And that was when I realized I had to disconnect from that, that self loathing behavior, although I would never have called it that at the time. Uh, I wouldn't have understood it that way. And around that time, I really started to get healthier in my relationship to myself. And I did that through going to personal development workshops and reading spiritual books and loving them all. But channeling was weird to me. And I heard of it and I was skeptical about it. And then now I'm the one with egg on my face because I remember going to (laughs) to be taken to this channeler when I was about 21 or 22. And I've often wondered, was he my initiation? Because I I believe that we get initiated intuitively. I believe that anyone who's really into channeling is, is there because they remember that themselves. And maybe they haven't yet acted on it, but they're drawn to it because they're drawn to that energy frequency they can feel in themselves. So this guy who maybe was an, an initiation for me, he, um, he was a really nice man, really wise. And then he channeled. And I remember leaving his house with the friend who had very kindly taken me to see him. And I remember saying to her, he was, it was good. What he said was really good, but why did he have to close his eyes and put on a funny voice to, to say it? I, I, I couldn't quite believe that what was happening to him was an altered state because it seemed too literal and grounded. So I have a lot of compassion now for anybody who thinks that we're making it up. I mean, I get it, you know, and I, I, I'm I, like, okay, f- fine. You know, you think that we're out here making it up. and but, but the funniest thing to me was always, there's no way in hell I would ever have chosen to out myself as a channeler. You know, I, there were so many other careers I would have felt proud of, but coming out as a channeler, which I didn't really do, to be honest, I kept it really private for years. And even my family didn't know when I was doing private readings for all these people all over the world for like the first two years. Um, it's not something you want to run down the street the, the street, telling people about. And of course, here we are now, 23 years after I first met my guides, and the world is very different about all of this, which is, which is great. And it's something that My guides predicted 20 years ago, but I didn't quite believe them. Um, But yeah, here we all are. and, And more people are more interested in all aspects of life, including our connection to spirit. And I believe that really that's all channeling is there serving. It's not about the channeler and it's not about the channeled entity. It's about us remembering that we are of spirit and of the world of energy, even if we have been trained to discount, discredit or pull away from that.
0: Well, Lee, I mean, there are easier hustles in the world than throwing yourself out as a channeler. Uh, I mean, much easier ways to scam people. <laughs> if you're good, I mean, and like I've I mean, I've I've, I've interview now what, probably 40 channels, mm-hmm. some of them very predominant, some very old school. It's a little bit more in vogue today to be a channel, but when you started, it wasn't. You're talking about Not 20, at all. 20 some, it was downright dangerous in some places depending on where you were i mean you, you're only a, probably 50 to 100 years prior you would have been burned a you know
1: oh, completely and and i think that and it's so interesting because i did thousands and thousands of personal sessions because i did them for 15 years and then i also have met lots of people at workshops around the world and one of the biggest i would say wounds or blocks that we seem to have and i had this too is that uh I'm going to be beheaded. I'm going to be burnt at the stake. It's, it's in our ancestral DNA to be afraid of owning the mystical part of ourself or the spiritual part of ourselves. So I've I found it very interesting in the last few years to study the way that people who are, let's say, going against uh, the narrative that, that, that certain powers that be might desire get discredited. And it's really interesting to see that what you do is you attack them personally, you slander them, the way you write about them is to make the reader want to disconnect from them and pull away from them and think that they're crazy. And to me, it's modern day witch hunting. And you still see it today in in what you might call trolling uh, for people who are in the area of spirituality. uh, People will attack you around money, around all kinds, kinds of different things that they know that we will get emotional about as humans. So it's still it's still in the room. And even though more and more people are out there standing for spirit and standing on behalf of consciousness, which is great because it lets more of us open that doorway in ourselves and see it as normal, there are still going to be um, all kinds of people who want to shut that down because it's a part of our power and it's a part of who we are. And if you want to keep people small, you want to cut off their roots to knowing themselves and you want to cut off their ability to really feel the truth of who they all are. And and all of us have gone through that training.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: So it's it's a very interesting time. On the one hand, it's really expansive. And on the other hand, it's edgy and confrontational. And my guides, the Zs, have said, you're in the middle of a, a, a frequency and a consciousness war. And they said, and we say that not to alarm you. We say that to help you open your eyes and to see that it's there. And they say that doesn't mean you can't celebrate consciousness and love and joy. It doesn't mean you have to only see things as a dark vision of the world. But they do say, you know, you're at this very important breaking time on earth, which is why I think so many of us feel very intense about all the things that are going on. You know, it's a a very, uh, it's a very deep feeling time on earth.
0: Without question. And what is happening? You know, yeah, we're all coming out. And there's a lot more of these conversations happening. But that's scaring a lot of other people who are might not be ready. Because ideas like the powers within you, something that Jesus said for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Um no pun intended, uh he, you know, is it, it gives you too much power. And there are things and our, you know, governments and societies and things like that that don't want you to have that. Mm-hmm. Don't want you to have that connection to your to your inner source. And people will come out and it will start to rattle the foundation of people's belief systems. Because if they believe you or something that the Z say or something that some other spiritual, even the concept of reincarnation, for God's sakes, you know, like, oh, reincarnation. Well, that means that we have multiple lives. Well, that goes against what I was taught. It can't be true. If I believe that, then my entire world gets thrown upside down and they fight against it. Mm-hmm. Fair, pretty fair to say?
1: Very much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's interesting, isn't it, when people want to fight you over your beliefs? because how do you know what how do you know what someone else is experiencing and that right. that in itself shows you the disconnect that we have in our society there is this idea that you can force beliefs or ideas or ideals on another group of people and actually if you come back to consciousness and spirituality that is a very man-made way of behaving it's it's a very controlling and warlike act of behavior so i think we are at this this time where we're seeing that more clearly in in pockets and areas of our society for sure. Um which well,
0: it's, a I- mat- it, it's a materialistic way of looking at things. It's mm-hmm. like a, an egotistical way of looking. I can control you. I have the audacity to believe I can control what you think. Not even control you physically, which I might be able to do. In you know, obviously govern other other societal things have done that, but I can control what you think. It's a very earthly bound, low vibration. Idea.
1: Yes, and yet it's interesting because a lot of sources will say that you know if we go back through galactic history, there are roots of all of this, uh, you know, way back in time that that were seeded on Earth, and that's that's a whole other rabbit hole that you (laughs) that you that you can go down and get get lost in, and sometimes people use it to illuminate themselves. But you know, my guides always say the most important thing for you is to A, remember that you're alive today, which in itself is a gift, and you may not always feel it's a gift, but trust us, it is, to be incarnate right now, even with everything that's going on on the planet, is a gift, and B, to see what you can connect to today, because disconnection is one of the diseases of our time, feeling disconnected from each other, disconnected from ourselves. You know, I gave you the example of how I acted through my childhood because of the disconnection I was feeling but didn't know how to soothe or how to process so and then i think you know the other side of it if you if you look at it this way is how can you help others to connect to themselves which is why you and i were chatting before we started that the work that we both get to do gives us a lot of purpose which is really important because it, it's it's nice to be part of the baton race and handing the baton on to others because i don't know where i'd be if there hadn't been all those people handing the baton to me when I most needed a kind of light in the dark.
0: Yes, without question. Now, when you started to channel though, did you start to hear voices? Mm -hmm. And when you did start to hear voices, did you think you were going crazy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, a a couple of things were really weird for me about the channeling. So first of all, my perception at the age of 23 was A spiritual, a really gifted spiritual person, which surely a channeler had to be, um, would probably be vegan and meditate for an hour a day and probably brilliant at yoga and liked peace. Like, so in my head, that was the belief I had around anyone who could connect to spirit because I was still pedestalling the idea. So the fact that it happened to me on a day that I was going through all of the uh, (laughs) doubting judgmental voices in my head and the fact that the reason i knew that this wasn't my own head was it was so wildly different to the vibration in my thoughts at the time that was the tell and it was literally i was on the on the tube in 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 london i was going to my work at the time i was fundraising for greenpeace and i was working on getting my first album out into the world because i was passionate about music and creating it at the time and a lot wasn't working in my life. And I was in all those thoughts. And then boom, I just hear this voice from the left hand side. That's how I hear it. It's different for everybody. But for me, clear as a bell above my head. And it just said, that's a very interesting thought, but you're wrong. And I was like, what is this? Like, I knew very well what my own mental chatter was. And so for for about a day or two, I just would talk to this voice because it was—it never went away. Like if I talked to it, it was there. And I would ask questions and I'd say, what's going on? What are you? We're your guides. We've been with you your whole life. But it was the shocking thing to me was that it wasn't harder. Like in my head, I should have had to have done a million exercises and it should have been hard. It, 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 should have, it shouldn't should have just happened to me and and it shouldn't have happened on the tube. <laughs> you know, it should have happened in a monster <laughs> or in a peaceful field. Like, So in a weird way, when I now look back at that, I often share that story because it reminds me that spirits everywhere like spirits everywhere we would least expect it it's not separate it doesn't have to be in this holy sacred uh, environment it, the holy and the sacred are here all the time it's just whether or not we can tune into that frequency and so that that was that was the the moment for me when after about 3 days I thought to myself, well, if this is schizophrenia, which is what we called it at the time, I believe now the term is multiple personality disorder. I thought, well, if it is that, God, this is helpful. Like, you know, I was like, I got a really good one because I will ask them, I will ask them about my life, and the answer they give me completely changes my view of it and changes my feeling. I go from being agitated about some relationship. I mean, oh, what's wrong with this? And they go, well, there's nothing wrong with it, but this person's in your life to teach you about X, Y, and Z, and you attracted them because they're a bit like your mother, and you're healing this aspect with your mother, and when you come through it, you're going to take a new level of your power because of X, Y, and Z. And literally, as they're telling me this, my body starts to do this and open out. So it wasn't just information they were giving me. It would literally change my frequency. And so that after a few days, I knew that they were home, but I also knew that this wasn't a home that I could easily talk about in the world. And so my fear was not of them; it was, oh my God, how on earth am I going to talk about this to people other than my few close spiritual friends? And I was someone who believed in being truth, you know, being honest. I I liked having honest, open conversations with the people I was close to. So. It, it did a bit of a number on me for a few years in that way.
0: How did, well, then the next question is what was it like coming out spiritually out of the spiritual closet, if you will, to your family, to your friends, to your colleagues? Because, like you said earlier, it's this is not something you run down the street going, I'm a channel, anybody wants something, let me know. I'll answer no. the question. like, this is this is not easy.
1: No, and I did not come from a family where channeling or even spirituality or at the time personal development was not part of my family. It wasn't. I was the I was the crazy one running off to all these workshops and trying to get my parents to come with me in my early 20s. And they were like, no, thanks. No, we're fine. We'll stay here. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, even now, I'm doing an event in Dublin in July. And it's just an evening event, but I've never, ever brought my work to Ireland. So I'm looking forward to it. And my family are coming with me. We're making it a bit of a family trip. And even for this trip, I said to them, you don't have to come to the event if you don't want to. And they're like, no, no, we're coming. And they've seen me, they've seen me channel. They've been at events before, but there's always this part of me that I don't need someone there who doesn't want to be there. And so I, you know, I kind of, I'm like, I don't, I I just want to be there for the people who want this. I'm very clear that we all have different things yes. we like and align with in life. And that's fine with me. So um, it was weird coming out to them. I have to be honest, it was my biggest fear was being ostracized. And I didn't get that from my family. But I did get that from a few friends. And that was sad, like uh, people who I'd been really close to. Um, I remember one woman who I'd worked in a couple of theater productions with wonderful, wonderful person. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And she wrote me a pretty not very nice email when she saw a post on Facebook that had come from my guides, but that she had interpreted as, well, now you're some guru. And I was like, well, I didn't say that. First of all, that's my guides. And we share this stuff on Facebook for the people who like it. But there was this strange intersection in my life where as the work became more public, there were a few people who could no longer stay connected to me because of their own belief systems. And that that for me was very sad, but it taught me some lessons and showed me what life is. And, you know, eventually I was like, okay, I, I surrender and I trust their need to disconnect.
0: Now, when you're channeling, what is the process? Are you, are you able to remember everything? Do you, do you like take off? Does that go to a, a dark corner somewhere and sit down? Uh, do you remember? Does it, give you energy? Does it take it away from you? How's the process?
1: It, it gives me energy if I don't do it for too long. So I've kind of learned that the sweet spot like a, a big channel from me will go for about 75 to 90 minutes. Okay. But the sweet spots kind of 50 minutes to an hour. Um, it can creep up on you because right after doing a channel, you do feel open and alive. But then it will be a few hours later that it might hit my body. I don't remember it very well. I will come out of a one-hour channel, and I will remember about four things that I heard that piqued my interest. Because it's a bit like sitting behind and listening, um, but you're not you're not involved. You could stop it at any time, but it's like you just sit behind your own head and let them come through and have the reins of the the language and all of that. Um, and even to this day, like Diana, who I do the books with, we're, we're working on book three. Well, we've finished book three. Um, book two is about to come out, I think, today or whenever this interview goes out. And she, uh, she said to me, we're, we're planning an event in Santa Fe for July uh, June of 2024. And she said to me, oh, that's really good. Because remember, they talked a lot about what's in the earth in Santa Fe in book three. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. So I'm going to have to read that again before I go there
2: because I don't,
1: it, it, the info, there's too much information. And um, and also when you're doing it on behalf of other people, these aren't necessarily the things that you're looking for. So a lot of information comes through that sometimes is pertinent to you and your interests and other times is serving the interests of others. So my own personal channels that I do for myself are always fairly short. And I will write myself a few questions and I will, I will do it on notes on iPhone or on the computer. And I'll put the date at the top and I'll ask a question. I'll get a three to five sentence answer. And I may ask three or four questions. And I look back at those because they're helpful. They help guide me in my life.
0: So, so basically what you're saying is kind of like a caffeine crash. Uh, two two hours later, you crash.
1: Yes, yes, and I like caffeine, <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: it's a good latte up front. Yeah, and then you're then you're wiped. <laughs> yeah, just,
1: well, and sometimes bottle. you're wiped before. There's a weird thing that can happen to me, and it's it's not comfortable, but I've got used to it now. When I'm doing a public event, um, whether it's online or you know in a workshop room for for a, a large group of people. I can feel like I want to fall asleep uh, 15 minutes before, which is really counterintuitive because you're like, no, 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 I've got to. But I can literally feel like I want to go to sleep. And whenever I get that feeling where my whole energy starts to contract, um, I now know something big is about to happen with the channel. And it's never a comfortable feeling when you're trying to ready your energy to essentially produce because you have to plug in and you have to be primed to hold that, especially if you're doing it for a group of people. So that, that can happen to me in advance as well. And, um, I've got used to it now, but it's, I I don't like it. It's a bit like feeling sick, um, a bit nauseous.
0: Well, let me ask you this because I've heard from so many different channels that, especially some of the older channels I've spoken to that have been doing it 30, 40 years, that the body needs to be primed. Mm-hmm. to handle the energy originally, because it's kind of like, you know, you shoving in the wrong voltage to, you know, uh, to the wrong outlet, and it will blow the the nervous system, the, the, yeah. the literally the electricity, the electrical system in your body. So but you started at 23, it mm-hmm. didn't seem like there was a priming process, or was there during all of those personal readings, you were slowly kind of priming it to the point where you are now?
1: Well, yes and no. Um, I think what was weird for me was it was obviously meant to be because A, it just happened. And B, I started doing readings and they just took off. Um, And it wasn't something I was putting energy into or effort into. I was showing up for it. I was taking it very seriously, but I didn't know that anyone would even come. And then (laughs) a friend of mine who had an audience of 300 on her newsletter at the time, who was a yoga teacher, she said, you should be doing this for people because I would help my friends. I would do like readings for friends who knew what I did. So I do remember, and I was talking about this to a good friend of mine recently who just resigned from doing personal readings. She'd done them for 10 years. We were talking about how you go on hold for the public or the person in a way that I guess anyone who has a front facing public if you like, performance job, where you have to deliver the goods at a certain time, Uh, it's not private. It's not that you're sitting at home writing or creating something that will later be given to the world. There is an element of you're on and you have to be on. And we were both talking about how we would notice on the days we were doing clients, the night before, the morning of the day of and the night we'd done them, you kind of had to hold yourself. Like you couldn't overstimulate yourself. You couldn't. Um, you couldn't get too involved in certain things in your own life because you needed to stay open. And I now experience that same thing when I have an event or a live broadcast or even you today. You know, there, sure, there's sure. A, there's a point about an hour before I engage with you where I'm like, okay, no, I I don't want to hear from the accountant or the person who's helping me with the mortgage or, you know, all I, I have to disengage from that stuff. Otherwise I'm not open to be able to open further when I channel.
0: Now there was uh, can you discuss what happened between you and disease in 2014?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Well, it's funny. I've, 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 I've seriously considered resigning about three times from the channeling side. And the last time was, I think, 2016. And, um, and, I, and I gave it a year to think about it. And, and, and the way I solved that was to agree to do a North American tour that uh, a company called the Podell Agency sent me on. So I did about 50 dates in a year. And by the end of that, I was like, no, I'm going to carry on because I met so many lovely people who were sure. grateful. Um, but yeah, I think there was this moment where they basically said, if you want to stop, you can. They said, we're never leaving you. Because we're assigned to you and we're part of your guide team, but you don't have to do this publicly if if you don't want to. Um, and in a weird way, that was the best thing they could have said to me because <laughs> I'm a freedom person. So I, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm a worker. I mean, I've worked since I was 13, and and purpose around work is something that's in my DNA. But I also need a I need to believe that I'm choosing it. So in a way, you know, they played the best trick on me because. If they'd have said no, no, you really need to do this, I might have pushed back. But the fact that they said it's all up to you, I was kind of like, huh, oh, okay. So then I, <laughs> I I reorganized my own alignment around it, and um, and actually, you know, like for all of us, we get to grow and we get to evolve our ego and our wounds and our conditioning as we go through life. And I think one of the big wounds in my family, that I, I think many people have this, but you know, my beautiful. Mother and father, and we lost my dad three years today. My dad had this more than my mom um, what the neighbors think. So you can imagine oh, I'm raised oh. in a family that's constantly reinforcing to me, be careful what you do because of what the neighbors think. <laughs> so, first of all, I, you know, I'm the overweight kid that's in and out of diet clinics. Then I have to come out and say I'm gay. And then I I've got the channeling and I was like, oh God, when the channeling thing rolled around, I was like, please give me a break. And, um, so, so in, in a weird way, channeling has actually been for me and my psyche, it has been liberating because it has asked me to sometimes very uncomfortably push up against belief systems. I might have been given and inherited and agreed to that would rather keep me, um, people not looking at me, in a strange way. So I've had to get used to an element of that. And I think it has helped me let go of certain things, uh, more than I ever would have.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
0: And now back to the show. What is the most challenging part of this work as a channeler?
1: Ooh, um, I'll, sp- I'll speak very honestly. Um, the potential for attack. That doesn't please me. And I don't necessarily mean attack from the public. We are in very tumultuous times, and I'm very aware of that. And so I think the potential for attack is is always something that I'm slightly aware of. I have great people in my life who look out for me, and I have a few people who I think have been assigned to me as kind of intuitive guardians and counsel, and they keep a close eye on things, uh, which is great, and I'm grateful for them. I would say the potential for attack, and and on just a human personal level, I think the most disappointing thing about it for me has been those people who have an idea about what channeling is, who have then taken a step back from me when they previously enjoyed connecting with me. Uh, And that's happened, you know, that's happened not many times, but that I would say that taps on my connection wound. So that's useful too, because we all have a connection wound and, you know, I think we're all born into this connected and disconnected society, but connection is a spiritual truth. So I think I noticed the human connection wound in me comes up a bit when someone who I was having a really nice connection with, Finds out what I do and then makes a decision about who I am or my motivations that they don't consult me about, but they just make a decision. And suddenly I go into a box in their mind and I'm. And it hasn't happened a lot, but it has happened. And it happened as recently as I think it was about nine months ago was the last one. Someone who's a a relative of mine who is quite religious. Uh, who didn't quite know what I did. And when they found out, uh, their response was, well, I, I couldn't sleep at your house then. I can meet you out in public, but I couldn't sleep at your house in case demons get me. And I was like, I was a, yeah, I, was a,
0: I, I knew where you were going the second you said, I can't sleep at your right. house. Right. Obviously the demons,
1: obviously. And I'm British. So this is a very American thing, and I'm sure it exists in other cultures, But and it, it wasn't a direct relative. It's an in-law but that was really sad to me. And, and and then I got over it and it was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe we're, they're never supposed to be a house guest, but you know, it, it was, it, 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 it hit me. It was it, again, because disconnection is, is just sad.
0: You know, it's, it's always fascinating to me because I hear, I get those comments as well on the show on the comments. Mm-hmm. I do read the comments. Uh, and I get those comments of like, Oh, this is just a demon talking. I go, he's a, mm-hmm. you know, when, and everyone who I have I come on my show who's a channeler, um, not once are they talking about anything negative. Mm -hmm. They're not once spewing anything that's not positive, helpful raising of a vibration. I'm like, if this is a demon, he's not doing his job right. Like it's like the complete opposite (laughs) of what I know what demons are apparently supposed to do. So I just find it, I just find it funny. I was like, you know what? Everyone's got their path to walk regardless, you know, you know, the work that you and I both do in our own special way People are going to vibe with it and people aren't going to vibe with it. Just like people vibed, not that we're comparing ourselves to Jesus, but with Jesus or other spiritual people who've walked the earth, masters, who some people like Buddha, some people didn't like Buddha. Some people like Jesus, some people didn't like Jesus. Obviously. And look
1: at, look at what happened to Jesus. So, you know, it's kind Hens, of it's hence interesting. Hence the wounds
0: that we're all talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, so.
0: The, the burning the burning at the stake and all that kind of stuff. There is that fear. <laughs> there is that kind of fear that does come in. And that's why I like having these kind of really candid conversations with channelers. So people really understand, and not only channelers, but spiritual people in general, to understand there's a human being behind us that they have their they've gone through a journey, that they have struggles, and that they that it humanizes mm-hmm. the voice or the message a bit because it's very easily to just go, oh, he's just just a channeler and like he's not a human being. Mm-hmm. Like no, no, he is. and he's gone through stuff. and I do this with all of the people that come on my show. I try to humanize their journey because when you start to humanize the journey, you realize how really close we are. We all have the same things that you've gone through. I've gone through at different levels. people listening have gone through different levels and and it really is about the journey. and I hope that these conversations start to tear away some of the preconceived notions of what channeling is and what near-death experiences are or a guru or a yogi in India or a quantum physicist who's got the the balls to be honest with you to come out and say it's kind of connecting to spirituality like these kind of things it's pretty it's pretty profound stuff um I wanted to ask you do you have a specific or would you be willing to share a specific moment that your channeling really had a profound effect on someone's life?
1: Hmm. Gosh, a specific moment that the channeling had a profound effect on someone's life. Well, I, I mean, I, God, I mean, I've been doing this for almost i've been doing it for, it'll be 20 years in 2024 but you
0: look uh, 23 so i don't even know how that's possible sir. well thanks it's all filters sir it's all the zoom filters i know
1: if i come back in 23 more, more years tell me i'm 46 when i'll be what uh, 69 um so but what i will tell you is this recently actually um i was doing a show with uh, two wonderful, um, wonderful people, Kyle and Leah, who have something called the heart coherence challenge. And I'd, I'd met them through doing their show and I really like them. They're, they're just, they're just great people doing a good thing like yourself, like many in the world. So I asked them if they would do a show with me, um, about this new book because they had loved book, book one. So I said, would you come and we'll flip the script and you interview me for my podcast, which it was the final episode of season two. But it was interesting. I didn't expect it to go where it went. And it went into a fairly personal place for the two of them. And there had been some loss in their life that they were still processing. And the Zs were just speaking to them about it and about what it was about. And it, you know, it brought up a lot of emotion. So that's the most recent moment I can think of. And I think one of the things that's I'm reminded of with the power of the channeling, and I can only speak for, the power of the channeling I do because it's it's the one I'm present for all the time. But I think this is true for everybody, whether it's channeled or whether it's a great therapist who's intuitive or whether it's that friend who listens to you in a loving way. I witness it have a really powerful effect on people's lives all the time. And I think that's what's, well, I know that's what's kept me doing it. Because there were times when if I'm just the person looking at it, I could go, well, there are other things I could do. And is this how I want to spend my time? but but i can't deny what happens to others and then for myself still to this day there are things that i'm you know going through in recent months that they've been so helpful with that if i hadn't had their perspective on them i wouldn't have i wouldn't have felt the oxygen in my life that i needed to feel as i was navigating some of those things and they always enhance my awareness so I can't think of one but that's one of the most recent ones that that I remember and that was about 4 or 5 weeks ago.
0: One of the biggest um one of the biggest critiques I hear from people who are channel that uh, who talk about channelers is the dark energies negative energies demons if you if you mm-hmm. want to work how do you ensure that the message that you're channeling is coming from love and light and not from these other you know quote unquote energies, if you will. That's one thing I get asked a ton.
1: Yeah, well, I always say to people, you know, if you're channeling and there is a voice of love and guidance and support coming your way, that's a vibration that's high. And if a voice is coming your way that is telling you to do things that you don't feel comfortable doing or is negative, that's important to, to stop, pause, and investigate what's going on. I do know of a few people who, there was, there was one person I knew of who she had some, she had various things going on with her mental health. Um, she had some, uh, I'm trying to remember what the diagnosis was, but she had a lot of ups and downs in her own mental health and she started channeling. And of course, oh. what she hooked onto wasn't necessarily uh, helpful to her, but she also had those voices in her head in her daily life
2: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: so i think you know if you if you come to this with an open heart and an open mind and you know that you're in a fairly uh, a fairly open place You you should be okay, but more than you should be okay, pay attention. You know, there's a reason that I spent the first two years studying my guides. They never once said anything to anyone or to me that left judgment in the pit of my stomach or someone else's. Now they can be truthful. Like there were things (laughs) they would say to me where they'd be like, "Mm -mm, this is your issue, not your friends. And here's why. And I'd be like, Oh, and I'd see they were right. They weren't telling me off. They weren't shaming me. They weren't, but they were just being really honest. So I think it's all about the proof. And one of the biggest issues I see with people around spiritualities, they don't, they don't test it. They go, mm. oh, well, my priest said this. And because he's a priest, therefore I should just believe him. no. You shouldn't believe the person in the street who just tells you something without checking, how does my body feel about that information? Was the advice they gave me leading me to a higher path? Like we all have to be discerning. And I think because we have been asked to give away our power to spirit, whether it's through organized religion or some other method that we were introduced to, we have this, oh, well, I can't question what the spirit said. And I'm like, yeah, you can. I'm a big believer in do not do what your guides tell you to do unless you feel you can do it and unless it feels good to you. They're not in charge. This is a co-collaborative relationship. And I wish I'd known that in my early 20s. I was a lot greener and I had to learn that the hard way. And then one of the best things for me was doing this work publicly. I saw how many people were so willing and quick to give their power away to spirit because they had let go of themselves. And I also had abandoned myself. Um, I'd abandoned the true... Nature of myself. It took me years to recover it. So I understand why so many people who are so pained in their life see spirit as an escape hatch. But the problem is, you can only escape through that hatch so many times before, if if you're really paying attention, it will ask you to come back to your human life and clean some things up.
0: Well, isn't it amazing that people who are at that place? Uh, it's so easy to give up power. And have someone else tell you what to do. I mean, society has worked wonderfully like that. People are like, you know, just you tell me what to do. I'm tired. I don't want to think about it. I'm scared to do it. I'm fearful. And people do give their power away. It is a much more difficult and heavier lift to look inside of yourself to connect with your own higher self and walk a path than it is to just listen to something that was written in a book or someone that's, you know. And that goes for everything, not just organized religion, spirituality, and your age. You can make an idol out of anything. You
1: know it's true. I- and know. we all we all kind of want the parents come in and take care right.
0: of right i think that's you what know, it is. it's like you're like oh
1: i don't <laughs> want to go. where's my parent today and it's like, like oh no they're not here anymore they're either literally not here or they're you know miles away and actually guess what you're an adult and you're like oh god i am aren't i and i think you know i, I so many of us say that it's like what what do you mean we're the responsible adult and when i was a kid i looked at people my age and i thought wow they've just they've got all got the all answers and now out. i am my age and i'm like wow i Is complicated and weird, and you know. So, you know, I, 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 I'm not a parent in this life, but I am full of admiration for the parents who are doing the best to kind of guide and steer unknowing children, who also probably look at the parents like they know everything.
0: At to a certain age, and then they pass that stage, and they're like, they know nothing. True.
1: Yes. Then they they go full blown rejection. They go full
0: blown rejection, and obviously, (laughs) you know nothing. And I always tell, like, I look at my kids, I go, "Do you know we're alive?" a lot longer than you have. We've obviously done something to survive because you've yeah. met grandma and grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so we all, uh, you know, we, we all do that.
1: Isn't age kind of beautifully and sometimes in a difficult way humbling? Like I think back to the know it all, oh. the know it all side of me, oh. like as a teenager and, 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 and as an early 20s, like, you know, I'm learning all this stuff about spirituality. And at first I thought like I found these oh, secrets oh, to the oh. universe. And then what I realized is it's like a hall of mirrors. It's like you learn one thing. There are going to be eight million more things that will lead you to. So eventually you realize, you know, so little. And I, I find that really humbling. But I do remember that. Um, I think it's the 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 rite of passage we probably have to go through as we're trying to become independent as young people because i think being a young person is so hard and so i think you have to kind of puff yourself up to try and push through it And, and and actually you know it's quite lonely in there it's quite lonely in that way of behavior but i think it's often just something that moves through the dna that you have to prove yourself and then life takes you on all these journeys and the older you get the more you go oh wow I didn't know that much after all but I needed to think I did in order to have the balls to kind of push through
0: well you when you're young you need to have delusion Mm -hmm. delusion is your greatest enemy and your your greatest (laughs) strength you need to be delusional enough to like I'm just gonna go backpack through Europe I'm like are you and you look at yourself now, I'm 40, like, backpack through Europe. Are you insane? I would never do <laughs> yes, something like, yes, yes. You know, like, Like, do you not know what could happen? No, I had no idea what could happen. Yeah. Like, you know, I went, I went, I was in my 20s and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to Mexico for a week by myself. And I'm like, and I didn't really think, and I had a great trip, by the way, but still like, I look back, I'm like, that was insane. Yeah. Nobody knew where I was. There were no like, cell phones that I could, international calls, there was My parents just thought I was literally gone off the face of the earth for a week or two. And hopefully I showed up at the end of it. It was insane.
1: But isn't it interesting? Cause I understand what you're saying. And at the same time, there's something that's nostalgic about that (gasps) time. Like we're, we're now in this grid of technology and mapping and, you know, surveillance basically. Um, There is something kind of really nostalgic about going back 20, 30 years and, and remembering how kind of, off grid you could be um which is a lot oh. harder these days
0: and like and and as uh just touching on the subject and then we'll move on as barishnikov said so beautifully the the famous dancer barishnikov said uh when you're young you challenge your body when you're older your body challenges you oh. isn't that the most beautiful comment <laughs> like it it's is. so true it's because when you're young you really are trying to you're on, you know, when you're very young, you're on like a suicide watch as a child, cause you're jumping off of anything that look danger. Let me go towards that. Uh, and as you get, as you get older and as a teenager, you challenge your body and challenge your body and challenge everything. And you think you're invincible until mm-hmm. you, something happens at a point where you go, Oh, I'm not invincible. And then mm-hmm. you start like, I can't eat that anymore. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. I can't run like that anymore. Yeah, It's not the same as it was. It's It's a part of the process. I think we all have to go through that process. Uh, My kids will have to do it. And it's painful to watch sometimes, but it is part of the process. It's just like, you know, giving birth is not a fun process, but it is part of the Mm -hmm. process to bring a new life into the world, regardless. So there is pain in growth. Yeah. And that is unfortunately, for better or worse, part of what we have to do. The seed has to break through its shell. Go through the soil, pop up, and then finally get a little sun, and then deal with the wind. Like it, it's all part of evolution. So, um, but my friend, can we talk to the Z's? Is
1: of that course. Yes. Let me.
0: Uh... Oh, one last question before we get to the Z's, mm-hmm. because they talk about interdimensional, you know, communication, if you will. Can you kind of dive into that just a little bit before we get to them because I'm curious about can you explain the inner, like what higher dimensions are for people who mm. really don't know about that?
1: Well it's interesting you know with the I think this is in book 2 which is the book that's just come out now they were talking about we tend to have a perception of higher dimensions as being above us. So I know that many of us can get confused by terms like the ninth dimension, the fifth dimension. Well, what does it mean? Where's the third dimension going? And they say we're moving in and out of different vibrational levels all the time. It's not that you get to the fifth dimension and then you never go to the fourth or the third. And they say there are different characteristics in each dimensional level that you will experience. So in the third, we have a lot of, you know, division and War and uh, conflict, they exist in the third dimension, but in the fifth dimension, those things are no longer there. So, for example, on a given day, we might wake up and engage with something that puts us in a conflict energy or read about something where a conflict energy is present. We'll be right back after a word from our
2: sponsor. And now, back to the show.
1: But then an hour later, We meditate, or we have a lovely conversation with our friend, or we dance or do something that uplifts us. And then we're in the fifth dimension. So because we're in that frequency range where more love, more connection, more of a sense of being connected to the world is present. So they say we're dancing in and out of these all the time. And rather than thinking of them as horizontal levels above our head, they said they're verticals. And they move through us and basically we move into different vertical dimensional spaces in our body all of the time and we give it the word higher simply because it's a consciousness that comes from off earth if you like or we tend to see earth as the the gravity point for our consciousness our soul in a human body. But as you lift off, you get higher and higher. It's why airplanes can be very spiritual places. I don't know if you have that, but I, I often get very visionary. And they said, yeah, because you're lifted away from the density of the earth. Now, sure, you're in a tin can hurtling at high speed with lots of other people. So depending on how they're all feeling and what's going on in the world that day, there's some of that energy there, but you're essentially removed. So they talk about the dimensions. They said, think of it as more vertical. You're not trying to go up You're just moving in and out of verticals all throughout your day, but you can direct the level that you mostly stay in. Doesn't mean you can avoid challenges or growth lessons in life, but if you start to cultivate gratitude and peace in your life and you have practices that support those things and connection and you consciously focus on bringing those into your life, you're going to live in the, the higher vibrations more of the time um and that's something that i've directly experienced but yeah they were they were saying we have to be careful of the attraction to understand what this dimension is, or because they say you can't really understand it mentally. And a lot of people are chasing some conceptual idea that doesn't really help them. It's more of a faraway idea that one day I'll be in the fifth dimension. And they're like, well, what does that really mean? And they say, well, you were in the fifth dimension an hour ago, you just didn't know you were, because in your mind, it didn't look spiritual. But it was, you were playing with that puppy, and the two of you were connected, and you were in spirit. And that is fifth dimensional living. So what they're talking about is us as a society healing some of the third dimensional lower frequencies that we're currently that are really in our face and those healing and shifting so that the new vibration on the planet gets higher as we progress, not the other so, way, but that's the fight we're in.
0: So then, so people who are, you know, spiritual masters or, arguably yogis or other people like that yeah. who maintain that high vibration to the point where when you are in their vicinity, you become mm-hmm. intoxicated. These mm-hmm. stories you hear of that, that's what that is. It's like, they've they've chosen that level and they're like, I'm staying here. I'm not going down. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to try to fight you. I'm over here. And just by me being here, I am now affecting you by just being
1: around me. Exactly. And they also say that there are those on the, well, they they say this a lot. And I've seen recently a lot of people saying, I'm so glad they said that because that's me. They talk about people who aren't here for other humans. They go, you know, there's a whole bunch of you on the planet who do not want to deal with other humans. You might be here for nature. You might be here for animals. You might be here for your cabin in the woods and your canvases and your painting. And they say, those of you who don't feel like you're hiding from life or resisting life by staying more isolated you're seeding higher consciousness on the planet so your choice to cultivate peace and stay away from a lot of the chaos in the world is actually vibrationally affecting the planet even if you never see somebody for a year Um, and they say you you know you'll know the difference You'll know it's your truth and your way if you feel completely at peace with your choice. But if your choice is because you're running away from the world or you're trying to hide or you're trying to avoid something, eventually the world will pull you out in some way because you'll have to deal with that. But there are a whole host of people like you describe who go, my way of being is not going to be this way. I'm going to go and do something completely different and that requires me going over here to do it. And yes, whether I'm in the presence of an incredible yogi Or whether I'm on the planet at the same time that incredible yogi exists somewhere and I never meet them, they're having an effect. So, yeah. Okay. We'll go to them.
0: Great. All right. Hmm.
1: Good, a pleasure to be with you. Uh, You bring a, what we will call, uh, heady combination of uh, science and play to your energy. And what we mean by this is you are not necessarily a traditional scientist, in that you are not in your laboratory uh, trying to ascertain uh, how these things uh, uh, might work on a spreadsheet that a scientist might use, Alex. But you are one who is very interested in the scientific nature of how things work, how consciousness works, and how people work. Coupled with that, you came in as a child with a big heart. And like many humans, uh, your big heart uh, had its own bumps and scrapes in your childhood that were quite distressing or alarming to you at different times. But you came in with a big heart and a Buddha's laugh. So that big heart and Buddha's laugh in you from childhood is something you want to protect and use to fuel the scientific side of you that is very interested in as much study as possible of any area that you are passionate about. And so that is how you find yourself here right now at this time in history, doing this work that you are doing now, that includes having this conversation with Lee and now thus with us.
0: Hmm. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that so much. Um, Can you explain the nature of your existence as spirit guides and how you communicate with channelers likely?
1: Well, uh, we are at our most physicalized right now, because mm, even though you are not, shall we say, mm, 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 directly meeting us, because you are meeting us through the bridge that is this human body right now, and this human body's ability to allow us in, and of course, the limits of this human body. And not just the limits of this human body and this identity, Lee, also all of you listening. Uh, We are not allowed to, shall we say, overly breach your boundaries when it comes Comes to your level of consciousness. What we can always do is turn up the heat on your consciousness. So when you are having a conversation uh, with us, uh, and we are coming through Lee, we are allowed to stretch your consciousness. Uh, those who are listening, by approximately ten percent. Any more than that would be a little too much for you to stabilize. Wouldn't necessarily be helpful. Blowing someone's mind can literally be that. Blowing someone's mind in a way that they then have to scramble to put themselves back together. There are some on Earth that that has happened for, and it has been appropriate for them and for some of the people around them who have witnessed it and experienced it. But. It is a smoother ride now on Earth, the expansion of consciousness, because there are more, shall we say, stations where it is happening. And we don't mean radio stations or television stations, we mean human beings. And so you are all stations of consciousness, and you are a combination of who you incarnated here to be as a soul, uh, but it's a unique identity you have. None of you will ever be this identity again. Even though you come with a soul imprint that has had other experiences on earth, you come in and you take on the clothing of the current climate when you incarnate, meaning you know, what is going on on earth on the day of your birth and what is your chosen mission in this time. You will take on the clothing of those energies, uh, wrap them into your identity, and then you will go off on your journey of healing and helping to heal yourself the earth, which is the same thing. As you heal any wounds you may have, you are actually healing a wound template on earth. So you will have a perception that this wound of self-judgment is yours. Not at all. There is so much self-judgment on earth. It is a disease that is spread among humans and you all just carry a seed of it in your own interpretation, your own way. So back to your original question, Uh, who are we? Well, in this moment, you are experiencing us at this frequency of being channeled. Uh, But in terms of our actual, shall we say, formed identity, we are far more amorphous than it would help any of you to believe. Meaning, in your version of reality as a human being, there is a certain form and a certain gravity that is required for you to, shall we say, believe in, Uh, and also engage with in order to evolve who you are and help evolve the consciousness on Earth. So we would be disappointingly more amorphous to you than you would like us to be. So many of you, when listening to us or when listening to any other channeled energy or voice from spirit, you will ascribe certain human characteristics to us that do not actually exist. Uh, because the human characteristics are imbued by your own mind, your own perception, and also any inflections that come through the mm -mm, channeler. Although in this case, uh, he is quite removed from his personality and our, if you like, personality is what you think you're interacting with. But actually what you're interacting with is our frequency on earth. It's why we are, from your perspective, the listener, uh, faster than Lee is. Uh, But from our perspective, we are right now communicating to you in a very slow way by our standard of speed. We'll be
2: right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Because if we were going as fast as we are capable of going, it would, again, blow your mind, which would be of no service to the evolution of your consciousness. Far better that we hit that, uh, what we would call, 10% uh, peak. So, yes, you are meeting mm, mm, a group of energies, uh, entities, if you like, who are to be called Lee's guides. But you are also meeting collective consciousness. For we are not fixed, We are not a group of 88 beings who are fixed. We are a collective of 88 beings who, just as you all are, are then connected to everything else in the universe. And from our vantage point and where we exist, disconnection from everything is not the norm in the way it is for you on Earth. You have clear divisions and boundaries on Earth of who and what you can connect with and how. And that is the game that so many of you are helping to heal on Earth. Moving Earth from a place of being a disconnected consciousness into a more connected collective consciousness. But as you can attest, it is not necessarily always easy work. Hmm.
0: What is the primary reason you have chosen to come down and speak at this time in our spiritual evolution?
1: Ha, we have not chosen to come down, you have chosen to come up. (laughs) So uh, it may seem like uh, we are doing something. And uh, often we hear these uh, amusing uh, connotations of, well, why are they helping us? Uh, Because we are not helping you, we are helping ourselves. We are all connected. You are connected to every consciousness in the universe. That is how it goes. It's just, you can't always see, perceive, or feel that when you're in the human body. So, everything that you do on earth uh, ripples to us and vice versa. So you see, in a way, all we are demonstrating is the lack of separation between you and spirit. So there can be, again, these human ideas that we are being benevolent, or the worst case scenario, the fear is we are here manipulating things. Uh, if only uh, one being in the universe was that powerful, uh, what we would say to you is there is a myth on earth that has been sown into you to create fear and to create disempowerment, that there is a dark side and there is a light side, and that you want to try and win over the dark side. And we will say that those who enjoy manipulation and war and dark energy on earth they want you to think that they are far more powerful than they really are but in fact they are not there is no mm, group individual of entity entities or beings in the universe who are able to have dominion over all others and yet look at the game on earth that's currently being played where there are certain groups and individuals who would like to have dominion over other groups uh, and so that is the biggest myth that you are all in a battle with. And it invokes fear for so many of you that, of course, when you uh, have benevolent forces uh, or uh, spiritual forces, and we're not, by the way, declaring ourselves to be that, although we would say we are, but that is for you to decide, there is this suspicion. It is no different to the suspicion that you can have as a human being if another human being that you don't really know is too kind to you. Another human being that you don't really know wants to give you a great deal of things. Many of you will say, oh, I don't know. I, I don't have a trust with you. I, I Why are you doing this? I'm suspicious. Because you aren't used to that being the way. But from our perspective, this level of fluid consciousness and sharing and interacting is quite normal. So we are not coming down here to talk to mm-hmm. you. You are actually all asking to reconnect to higher consciousness. And we are just one of many, many, many different routes to that that you can access. So in fact, there is this somewhat amusing notion uh, that the channeler is chosen by the spirit being. But we would say the channeler and those listening to the channeler are actually all doing the choosing and doing the directing. It is a slightly mythic idea uh, that we are coming down and doing anything that high and mighty.
0: What do you believe is the most important message or lesson that humanity needs to learn at this stage in our collective
1: journey? Uh, To heal and to love all with equality. And this will not happen in your lifetime. Those of you that are listening to this who are going to have the more traditional earthly lifespan That will not happen and be complete in your lifetime, but it is what is being worked towards in these next few hundred years. And you are here to be a part of that. So, even though we say it will not be the end result in your lifetime, for many of you, it should be the only focus. And it will be the only focus. You're doing it in your personal lives, many of you are doing it in the work that you are doing. And of course, you have despair or sadness when you see anything anti that mission showing up in the world. And we understand that. We understand the grief and the grief process is important for it helps you let go of and move sadness through you that needs to be released. But what we will tell you is stay focused on your mission. Those of you who are here for a mission of love and connection, wonderful. You can grow that in ways you couldn't even possibly imagine. Right now, you might be sitting there feeling a bit disconnected in your life and wishing there was more connection in the world. So we say, good, there's your mission. You've seen exactly what it is that you are supposed to lean into. And the more you lean into it over and over and over and over again, you will not only raise your own frequency, but you will be helping to create that energy on the planet. And we will tell you that connection energy wants to multiply humans do love connection. Even if it's not connection with other human beings, they love to feel connected to spirit, life, life force, purpose, anything that is sentient on the planet. So if you are working on behalf of connection, we are not saying stick your head in the sand and avoid areas in your world that you may need to lend your voice to or bring a certain amount of justice to. But we are saying there are a group of you who are here to amplify connection in a way that it will help to show the, shall we say, mm, disconnection present in other areas. So, we have always said that your political systems are currently quite corrupted. Uh, We will say approximately 20% of them on the planet are not as corrupted. Uh, There are certain leaders, certain areas in the world who are able to hold a certain level of, mm, we won't even say high vibration, but we will say more neutral vibration. But there are those of you who can sit there and get obsessed about the despair that you feel about the corruption in those areas. And what you will do is go down into a downward spiral and your attention on that area and uh, only on that area will uh, help to fuel it rather than heal it. Or You can focus on being a demonstration of a high vibration and then eventually more and more people start to look at the corruption and the disempowerment hoisted on people through your political system and they start to reject it. And it's only when enough people will reject that power paradigm and dynamic that it will lose its power. And that will happen, by the way. Uh, It may not happen overnight, but it will happen. And you are already in the seeds of that right now. And it will be playing out in quite a strong way over the next five to ten years on the planet. And so that is why we encourage those of you who feel you are here to generate and create connection for and within others. Mm, It will expose any darkness or low vibration that you yourself feel grief around, simply because you will be creating a different energy that will highlight the contrast. Remember, most people do not like to be told what to think or what to believe. They like to see it and they like to feel it. That is when people change. You can give someone an ideology and for them it's just an ideology, but if it runs through their body, And if they recognize something that is good, and they recognize a benevolent energy in the world, they start to far sooner recognize when an energy is not benevolent. So this is where that phrase, be the change you wish to see in the world, or be the example uh, you wish to see in the world, is another way of looking at it, is so important. And we cannot underestimate the importance of that for many of your listeners, because many of your listeners, with uh, the exception of The couple of percent who are sent to, shall we say, mm -mm -mm -mm, demean your mission, yes, they are those commenters who like to lob grenades in their comments Mm -hmm. and in their words and fire their arrows, and that's normal, by the way. Don't get too disheartened, any of you who see those kinds of comments. Some of them are wounded people and some of them are groups who are mm, trying to uh, target what you are doing so that you do not uh, disrupt the apple cart that they have fought to keep control of for so long. But instead, the reason we say all of this is most of your listeners are here to create shifts for themselves and for others in the world. And that is the highest work you can do in terms of your mission. We'll be
2: right back after a word from our sponsor. And
0: now back to the show. How can individuals better connect to their own spirit spirit guides and receive guidance in
1: their daily lives? Well, uh, Lee likes to tell people to channel right for themselves. And so uh, his advice is always sit down with a pen and paper, or if you prefer to use technology, use a screen and a keyboard. And write, uh, what does my mm, higher self want to tell me today? The reason higher self is a good mm, 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 name is it stops you getting too attached to the idea you have to meet your guides or you have to meet Jesus or you have to meet God or whoever it is you think you have to meet to connect to spirit. You all have a higher self. You all have a soul. So some of you may say, what does my soul want to tell me today? Choose whatever word feels neutral and accessible to you and then write the message. So what does my soul want to tell me today? And then take a minute or two to write yourself a message from your soul. And your logical mind goes, well, I don't know how to do that. And we say, absolutely, you do. Of course you do. It's just, you haven't practiced. You haven't done it yet. And so many of you, when you do it and are surprised that you get a message, you will say, well, how do I know that I'm not making it up? And we'll say, well, you are you're involved you're not uh, uh, being possessed by spirit lee is not possessed by us right now he is allowing this to happen he is uh, contributing to this happening he is involved so we say to all of you start writing messages to yourself from your soul on a daily basis or at least three or four times a week and you will notice your vibration will change because when your soul is allowed to speak to you and shift your vibration then you start to slowly but surely let your soul back into your human life. And disconnection starts to become less and connection starts to become more. But it is a practice and it will require for many of you a discipline that some of you will be immediately turned off by uh, when we uh, tell you to do it, partly because you think of school and partly because you don't believe that it will work. And we tell you it will if for three or four months you wrote yourself a message from your soul at least three times a week, you would notice a big vibrational shift, not just in the way you feel, but in your awareness in the world and the way you see the world. And remember, you all say you want change, but actually fear is always in the room when it comes to making changes. So it is actually your fear that will stop you following through. Uh, For many of you, not for all of you, some of you will take our words and run with it and you will have wonderful experiences, and it, it is of no mind to us whether you do it or you don't do it. We're simply asking you to notice when you don't and ask yourself questions why you're not. And we will say, because fear of change and fear of connection to spirit is in the room and has been sown into the room of your life as a human ever since you were a child. Even the spiritual among you have to battle it. So if you want to see a major change in your life, ask your soul what it wants to tell you a few times a week, uh, write the answer, and see what comes through without too much judgment or control. Just listen to what your soul wants you to hear. And many of the times your soul will speak to you in a very loving way that can be quite jarring to many of you because you aren't used to speaking to yourselves that way. (laughs) So it can be quite an emotional process. And that is when you know it's working and you're on the right path. Your soul will always calibrate you to love first. That is why those who begin channeling they will sometimes complain they are getting mostly loving messages at the beginning. They aren't getting incredible astrophysics information. Well, no, you have to start with the right calibration and the right vibration. The information will get more useful when you are more used to that vibration of love.
0: Now, are there any techniques that people can do to raise their vibrational frequency and connect to their higher selves?
1: Yes, but we would like to point something out here. There are all kinds of techniques and you can find them if you go looking for them. But we will tell you that the techniques are all there in childhood. They are connection. They are play. They are dancing. They are singing. They are running around. They are using your body. They are connecting with nature. They are connecting with other beings. So we are not in any way dismissing some of these more, shall we say, uh, high level techniques, uh, but it is all about what you expose yourself to. So are you exposing yourself to violent television five times a week? Uh, uh, What that's going to do to your frequency is it's going to, at some level, put that into your energy field. We're not saying that there isn't room for it. Some of you like watching fights because it processes old past life energies for you. It's the way that you process it. So we don't want to put a judgmental label on things, but what do you run towards? The reason so many of you gravitate towards what you would call personal growth or spiritual work is because you are wanting to drink in more of that. You are wanting to raise your vibration so you expose yourself to frequencies, conversations that will put you in that energy more. So what we are really saying is the techniques are obvious. We don't mean to belittle wonderful techniques or wonderful programs that people have come up with. They're great. Uh, What we're saying is, how connected are you on a daily basis? And have you made a list of the things that you connect to? They're really quite simple. Some of you love cooking. Some of you love dancing. Some of you love going out in nature. Are you practicing those things? Or are you just leaving it up to chance as to when those things cross your path? So if you start actively practicing the things that make you feel connected and lit up, you will see that those are the techniques. Connection to life, connection to others, connection to spirit, connection to purpose. The key word here, connection.
0: Hmm. Can you share any insights on the concept of the soul's purpose and how individuals can discover and fulfill their unique missions in this life?
1: Well, your unique mission in this life is usually connected to those areas of interest you had when you were younger. We don't mean to pin everything on your childhood here, because we understand for some of you that can be quite tricky. If you had a very, what we will say, brutal childhood, which some of you had, very difficult, distressing childhoods, it can be annoying to hear that the seeds are there in childhood. And to be fair, yes, your childhood may not have allowed for those seeds to bloom. You may now be in a process of trying to figure out what is it I enjoy? What is it I gravitate to? And As you go through your life and you evolve, as you essentially reincarnate while you're alive in the body, as you age, especially those of you who take big leaps spiritually, you will need to redefine uh, the things that you love. You will need to refine the things you love, the passions you have, the areas of expertise or prowess, if you like. But for most of you, for most of you. When you come in, you come in with a mission that a child has. And depending on uh, how that child is allowed to express or progress, uh, the mission will remain intact or it will get covered up. It will get covered up as you get older. So think back, most of you, to when you were a child and what used to light you up, what used to be passionate for you. And we will say going back to a few of those things in adulthood can connect you to the next level of your mission. You may have loved dance as a child and there is this um, feeling that expressing and moving your body is now a bit beyond you. You're a bit too old, you haven't done it for decades. We will say go back to dance, not necessarily because you are going to become the world's dancer for the next 30-40 years and you're going to dance every day, although you might, that might be the outcome, But because you're going to reconnect to that part of your energy that at the time understood that dance was the expression, and when you reconnect that back into the body, the body gets to evolve the expression. So some of you will find that dance turns into physical exercise, or turns into training your body, or turns into gentle Qigong movement or Tai Chi. You see, the body knows what your mission is. It it places your focus mentally, emotionally, spiritually toward those things that you magnetize. There is a reason a child comes in and suddenly is drawn towards musical instruments. It's because music is part of their mission. And so they are drawn to it and they start working with it immediately. But for those of you who had a tough childhood or feel a bit disconnected from yourself as a child, we would say, write down the lists of things that you feel most joyous about. And if joy is a hard word for you right now, you think, well, I have not felt joy in a decade. Then we say, start with peace. Start with uh, the part of you that feels most comfortable or most connected, more so than you do at other times. Find those things that reset you and start to practice them and then see what your mission is. Some of you came here with a mission of justice. Some of you came here with a mission of creativity. Some of you came here with a mission of love. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. There are all kinds of missions and the missions can evolve as you do. But there is nothing more disconnecting for any of you than feeling that you are not in touch in some way with your sense of purpose on this planet. Doesn't mean you will feel purposeful all the time. Part of the human condition is you go in and out of the wounds that you are here to process, either your own that you are carrying or the wounds of the world. But for many of you, the purpose is healing the wounds. And so you find yourselves, you think, drawn to personal growth and spirituality for your own well-being, and then you find, ah, this is my passion, and I'm going to help bring this to other people in the world. So I've evolved from only being a student of this to now being both student and ambassador of it. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, completely.
0: Um, Can you share any insights on the concept of past lives and reincarnation and how that is part of our soul's
1: journey? Yes. Firstly, uh, one of the things that is important to get out up front is you tap into the lives of others that you weren't necessarily. Uh, so some of you have quite fixed ideas that you were this person or that person. And of course, there are archetypal figures in history that many people think they were. Uh, but remember, uh, just as Lee is not an individual entity and you are not an individual entity, we are right now connected to him. So we are in a way part of his life, his lifetime. We are a part of the identity he is experiencing. And as you and he connect today, Alex, and as you and he connect with all of these people who are tuning in for this conversation, you will get affected by each other. So you see, no one individual is truly one individual. There are many different energies, entities, aspects that make up the individual. You are multidimensional souls. So some of you have been a part of the multidimensionality of someone's soul. Yes, you may have been a part of uh, Napoleon's life, uh, an aspect of Napoleon's life. Maybe you were part of his guide team or his energy team. But more often than not, what many of you remember is the Napoleon imprint on the planet. And you connect in some way to that imprint. It is an imprint that is memorable in your ancestry, in your DNA. And so, It becomes an imprint that many of you interact with. So we would say that when you come from the rule of oneness, which is you are all connected to everything, you are all connected to all of the lives that have ever happened. But it is the case that many of you have a kaleidoscope of actual incarnate lives on earth as humans, and sometimes you choose to come in for just a few years you may decide to exit in childhood and that of course has great impact to those who love that child uh, for they are not anticipating that child will leave early but there is a purpose in that for you and for them that is all agreed before you incarnate although of course that can feel very triggering for a human to hear because nobody wants that to be their reality but on a soul level on an energetic level this is a planet full of wounds And so you know very well that when you come here, wounds are going to be part of the equation. And we will say that you are becoming a more aware and mindful consciousness as a humanity where understanding the ups and downs of life starts to be remembered again, rather than this whitewashing that happened for so many of you, where you were sold a bill of goods about what life was supposed to be, and you wondered why you felt depressed and weren't allowed to talk about it. Well, actually, the good thing is now you're all talking about this mystery of human life. and Many of you have incarnated over and over again because you decide it's a good opportunity for you to learn something, give something back to the planet, clear up some of the karma that you may have created in an earlier life, but not in a way that you are being punished for it, as some believe, but instead that you elect to, if you like, parachute back to earth and have another experience. Uh, always working, not just for the sake of you as an individual, but for the sake of the collective at the time of your incarnation. So it is a multi-layered topic. It's not one we can easily go Mm -hmm. into all the strands of in a simple answer, but uh, that is why uh, the uh, next uh, book, as you call it, and audio recordings are all focused on reincarnation and karma, in fact, I, we believe the title has been decided as Demystifying Reincarnation and Karma, and that will come out in 2024. Huh.
0: What advice would you give to someone who is just beginning their
1: spiritual journey? Love yourself. Learn to love yourself. Recognize that most on earth are doing the best they can, and that includes you, and find things that light you up. Understand that anything that you learn about your true spiritual nature is designed to put you back in your heart, back in the broadest sense of yourself, and that the more times you can experience feeling connected while alive on earth, you not only feel the richness of that in yourself, you broadcast that for others. And that creates more light on the planet, which is always going to be your mission, Uh, Even those who believe they are interested in spirituality for scientific reasons, what they're actually looking for is more light. Science is an art of trying to understand that which already exists. And perhaps it may seem like the scientist gets more obsessed about trying to understand it than experiencing it, but for some... That is their route to experiencing it. That is their way of getting close to it. Many of them are map makers for others. They are trying to leave a map behind to help others find their way to the understanding of something that is essentially ephemeral. So you are all looking to experience more light. So understand that your spiritual journey, even if right now it looks like it's a journey of science or information or self-healing, you are really trying to reconnect to the light that already exists, that you perhaps have been taught to distract yourself from, so that you can generate more of it inside yourself uh, more often, and then in turn, spread it more into the world. And finally, do you have any final words for our audience? Ha, well, you are all very inquisitive and we enjoy that about you. Uh, We see you all, uh, feel you all, in fact, uh, sitting there hungry for more information, but you are not so much miners as you are builders. Uh, So for mm, it is difficult when you speak to a large group such as this to define you all in mm, 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 fixed terms because, of course, you are varied as a group. But we will say that 60% of you who are here, none of this is new to you. You know it all already. You are simply here to have it reaffirmed in today's language. It is something that is an ancient knowing inside you that you have known before. And there are approximately 30% of you who are listening who are a little newer to some of these concepts, not because you are new to them as souls, but because you haven't been incarnate on earth that many times. So, You are, shall we say, consuming everything you get from this, we will call it, program uh, in order to fill in the gaps in your own knowledge base and to essentially make your knowledge a little more whole so that your experience can become a little more whole. And then, of course, there is the final 10%. And we already mentioned the 1% to 2% who are here as disruptors. Uh, Some of them are here as disruptors because that's the clothing they're wearing in life. And so they get angry or irritated and they need to find places where they can play out their anger and irritation until they heal it. And then, as we said, there are some who are sent to try and uh, pull off track what is happening here, but they are small in number and inconsequential. So uh, what we will say to those of you in the 8% who are a little confused about what you are experiencing here is don't pay attention to anything that's confusing. Just walk away from it. If it doesn't make sense to you or it's confusing, don't give yourself a headache trying to think you should surely understand it. You are of the light and you are of spirit. So if something doesn't make sense to you, you are correct. It doesn't make sense to you. Therefore, it's not for you. Move along and you will find the thing that works for you. You are all connected, but you are all also unique. And therefore, you each need different voices, different methods, different ways There will not be one unifying voice, being, person, teaching for any of you on the planet. There will be many that can unify a large number and appeal to a large number, but there will not be one unifying voice. So uh, stop letting the power be outside you. Start recognizing you are just trying to reignite the power inside you, and you will start to do very well. And pay attention to all of the simple, small human things. It is one thing to become spiritually learned. It is another to become what we would call a light-filled connected human being. The human being who can enjoy what's here right now. Find ways to enjoy what's here right now. We'll be right back after a word
2: from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: If you are only trying to escape what's here right now through your spirituality, you will eventually find that that spiritual food will not be as nutritious as you hoped it might be. And eventually you will be returned to the earth and you will be shown that the light is here everywhere. You just need to know how to look for it, how to embody it, and how to let it in. That is the work that all of you are doing. So a pleasure and an honor to be with you all today. Uh, We will uh, wish you all well. And um, Alex, we will say to you, um, we greatly enjoy your joy of what you are doing. Uh, You are quite lit up by this part of your mission and your mission is going to reincarnate at least three or four more times in your lifetime. But this um, aspect, this moment of your mission where you are passionate about bringing the light, learning about the light, scientifically studying the light and making a map for others so they can encounter it. It's bringing you a great deal of personal joy. And that is because as a child, you were always curious about how you could bring magic to others. And this is the magic that you have most recently found. And it is the magic that is in turn infusing your life. And we know that that is a personal message for you, but we can actually say A good 50% of your listeners feel the same way about this moment in their life and their pursuit of spirituality, light, and connection. Good. In peace and in love to all.
0: Hmm. How are you, my friend? Good. Good. (laughs) (laughs) That was wonderful. I absolutely adore these. They are they are wonderful. They have such wonderful energy, and they are um, they have such great message for everybody. So I appreciate you.
1: How are you feeling, sir? I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have some water, and I'm gonna have some soup. But I'm good. Drink some water.
0: Drink some yeah, water. Drink some water. Yeah, I will. I
1: like. will. I will.
0: No, that was a uh, that was a uh, that was amazing. It was um, I could even feel the. The energy as they t- they mm-hmm. spoke, it was a. Mm-hmm. It's I've heard that from some people listening to some of these shows that when they connect with someone, that just like lifts up, you know, it lifts up the room, if you will.
1: Um, yeah, and you you have a fast audience because you know when I do my, I have a members community called the portal, and when when I channel for them, it's because they're very attuned to the disease and their messages. It's fast, and 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 on some other shows where I've channeled, I always get a sense of who the audience is based on how they show up. And they were quite fast with you guys. Like there was lots of, I could feel like things pinging and lights going off. So that that tells me the um, the speed of vibration of your audience, which doesn't surprise me.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That's great to know. And hopefully, everyone listening is is excited about that as well. Uh, and the and the couple of messages they had personally for me, which was what which was really wonderful, and I truly appreciate that very very much. Uh, so, Lee, I'm going to ask you a few questions. To ask all my guests. Okay. Um, what is your definition of living a fulfilled life?
1: Ooh, uh, purpose and loved ones. So for me, it's uh, I feel fulfilled when I feel purposeful around what I'm doing in the world and loved ones. Uh, that that that's it for me.
0: What um, What advice would you give your younger self if you can go back in time?
1: It's going to get better. Hang on. You're not going to, you're not going to feel this low uh, in the future, the way you do now, even though it's really convincing to you right now that this is your life. You're going to find ways out of this and you are going to, uh, and it's safe to let love in. It's safe to, to let yourself be loved. Great advice.
0: How do you define God?
1: Hmm. Well, I've never tried to define her, but um to me, I guess I've never I've never really had a, an association with God myself, that word. Um source, universe. Yeah, I would say all seeing, all knowing, all feeling I that we are all connected to, that we're just a teeny tiny part of. Uh, in in the you know we're just a teeny tiny strand of connection to that all knowing all seeing all feeling.
0: I like to call us the God's uh, algorithm.
1: We're oh, all kind of like s-
0: set out, and we kind of like we have a we have a programming, but we can go any way we want with free yeah. will. So it's kind of fun to see where the algorithm goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what is the ultimate purpose of life?
1: Well, that depends who you ask, but I know that I know that the Z's would say connection, and and I I relate to that. I I relate to the ultimate purpose of being here on life is I would say connection and healing, which makes it sound heavier than I think it needs to be. I think sometimes we think of healing as heavy lifting work, but mm-hmm. I would say it's connection and healing, and and probably elevation. Like we're we're here to connect to heal and to, as best we can, elevate ourselves and those around us as we go through life, so that we all elevate together.
0: And where can people find out more about you, your new book, and the amazing work you and the Z's are doing?
1: Mm. Well, the new book is part two of an ongoing series. Uh, It's called Awaken Your Multidimensionality, and it's Conversations with Disease book two. Uh, A wonderful friend and psychotherapist, Diana Edwards, asks the questions of disease. So if you get the audible version... You actually hear the conversations as they happened between Diana and the Z's. And if you get the book, uh, it is the very lightly edited version that we prepared for the written words so that people who want the physical copy can can experience that. It's it's everywhere you can get books and Amazon. And you can find all of my work at leeharrisenergy.com. And the music I create is at leeharrismusic.com. Um, yeah. And we do a lot of spiritual focus music and yeah, so everything is found there.
0: And do you have any parting messages for the audience, Lee?
1: Well, uh, you're a lovely bunch to feel. Um, and I told you, Alex, <laughs> I was I was excited to come here because I, I didn't discover you that long ago, um, but I heard great things about you. And when I came and sat with your page a little bit, when the idea of this interview first came up, I just felt such a strong positive and willful energy from your audience which i quite liked so um so yeah no i i i would just say i hope that anything today has resonated with you unless you're in that 1 or 2% um <laughs> which you know nothing i can do about that um but i yeah i really i think these are really weird tricky times and i know one of the things that i have had to remember and remind myself on the days when i get caught in some of that is we're all going through it. We're all feeling it. Reach out to the people that you need to reach out to on those days so you don't feel too isolated. Or if you can't reach out to someone, find something that's going to help you feel connected again. Because it's, it can be very easy to get lost in a down wave at the moment. And that's just the energy weather. So I do create these free 30-minute energy updates that go on YouTube at the beginning of each month where I talk about the themes that the Zs have given me that we might be experiencing. So you can always check those out from me. And of course, there are so many people and voices and things out there that can help reset us when we need to. And it's really important to reset yourself at the moment. And remember, you have to do that.
0: Lee, I have a feeling that this is not the last time you're going to be on the show, my friend. So uh, I really, really appreciate it. I had a ball talking about this and I truly hope this helps. Uh, people around the world, help them awaken and on their spiritual path. So my friend, thank you. Thank the Z's for the amazing work that you're doing, helping us all awaken, my friend. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Alex.
0: I want to thank Lee and the Z's for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 255.